just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It's Tuesday. We're into the week. And already some interesting shit is going on. And I wanted to start out this show talking about a couple of things I've been hearing in the news. And to be perfectly honest with you, I haven't seen absolute verification of this. I've seen a lot of people say it happened. And a lot of people say, well, I'm not so sure if it happened. So let's leave it where it should be. We don't really know. But there's a lot of people talking about how the FBI went into Donald Trump's house when they did the search and that they took his passports, took three passports, one regular passport, one diplomatic passport he got when he became president, and one expired passport. Well, when you hear that, you think, oh, my God, that means they're going to stop him from going out of the country. That must mean they are going to indict him. Now, I have other people talking about this. Some other people have said, no, that's not true. Well, where would they be getting this information? What would the source be for us to find out that the FBI took his passports? You'd think the source would have to be pretty solid. So that's why a lot of people believe it. And I'm not saying it didn't happen. It could have happened because there's a number of reasons why it would have happened. But unfortunately, the main source of us knowing that the FBI took Donald Trump's passports, fucking Donald Trump. Donald Trump went out there and said, they took my passports. Oh, my God. Now, Donald Trump also told us that the search took place at 630 in the morning. When it didn't, it took place about 1030 in the morning. Donald Trump has a propensity of lying all the fucking time. Now, that said, they could have taken his passports, but just because they took his passports doesn't necessarily suggest that the indictment's coming tomorrow. I mean, the passports could have something to do with the other things they're investigating. They could have been commingled with the stuff that they took. Those are all reasonable possibilities uh, for them taking his passport. But then again, just because Donald Trump said it doesn't mean they did it. Because he's a fucking liar. The only time they take passports to try to keep people from flying out of the country is usually just before, during, or just after an indictment. Now, that's not to say an indictment won't come tomorrow, today, whatever. That's possible. And in fact, there is some indication that that might be a possibility. But again, people are speculating about this next story that we're hearing. And I'm seeing this all over the place. I don't doubt that it's true, but people are speculating on what it means. And let's be perfectly honest. We don't know what it fucking means. It could be what we're thinking, but it may not be. We don't know until we know. So what they're talking about is that yesterday there have been uh, three more docket entries for the Trump warrant some sealed things, some things we don't know what they are. Now, some people have suggested they could be in indictments, which is possible, but it's not necessarily true. We don't know what these uh, entries are. We will probably know sometime soon. But this is this is what I'm talking about. When you watch TikTok, you watch the news, people will come out, They'll see something and they'll immediately speculate, oh, it's got to be true. Now we've got to decide what that means. Did they take Donald Trump's passports? Maybe, maybe not. Does that mean an indictment's imminent? Maybe, maybe not. You got to wait to see what happens. Now, the three more entries are uh, on the docket with the warrant for Donald Trump's uh, search warrant. That could mean something, but we don't know that. But it's funny. You'll watch TikTok or you'll watch the news or you'll watch some other um, some other 
situation on the web, and they'll say this to you like they know. I know what this is going to be. The fact is, they don't know. And those people piss me off. That's I try not to do that here. I mean, I'll see something, and it will make sense, and it will logically take us to the next step. And I may fudge in those times, but I'm pretty sure where it's going just by what I know. But these instances, we don't know. I mean, we can hope for the best. And things don't look good for Donald Trump. Something's going to go down with Donald Trump. He will probably get indicted over this situation with taking top secret documents because, frankly, it's fucking illegal. Secondly, there's no explanation for him to have them. Thirdly, he lied to the DOJ saying he didn't have them. So something's going to come out of that. Something's going to go down. I don't know what and I don't know what to what degree. But something is coming from it. I would bet it's an indictment. But these two stories that we heard, they don't tell us anything for sure because we don't know anything for sure. Anyhow, I don't mean to dampen your day here because you were hoping for these little clues that were going to tell you that an indictment is imminent. I will tell you in my personal opinion, an indictment is coming. We just don't know when. It could be soon, based on the search. They seem to be very concerned about this, and they were kind of in a hurry. I mean, they'd been talking to him for a couple of months, just trying to give him, get him to give him up, and he wouldn't do it. So they've been a little patient. And I'm going to talk more about how uh, Merrick Garland kind of deliberated over the idea of searching Donald Trump's home. It wasn't like a snap decision, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Now, there was one other story, and again, this isn't verified, but I I talked about it on TikTok. I'm never going to tell you it's verified if it's not verified, and this is not verified. This is news going around the Internet. But you can see Donald Trump doing it, or somebody who works for Donald Trump doing it. Um, and, and, And essentially what it said was that Donald Trump slipped a note somehow to Merrick Garland prior to the search warrant being released. This was prior. He knew what was in the search warrant. He knew what was coming, and he knew it was going to be a shit show. But they're suggesting that Donald Trump sent this note to uh, Merrick Garland that said, the country is on fire. Please let me know if there's something I can do to take down the heat. (laughs) I can see Donald Trump doing that. We have no verification that he did it. But uh, if he did do it, that would suggest uh, he's almost talking, can we cut a deal? You know, I know you got me, but can we cut a deal? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to continue to look at these things and try to verify anything or debunk any of these things to see what is actually true. So again, Donald Trump offered to lower the temperature of the FBI uh, after the FBI searched the Mar-a-Lago home, but he didn't sound particularly enthusiastic about it. You know, he said this, but I know it's killing him to say this if, in fact, he said it. The former president gave his first interview since investigators executing a search warrant seized 11 sets of classified materials from his home, which he called a sneak attack, which it was not a sneak attack. He had been subpoenaed and he ignored the subpoena. What do you think they're going to do if you have top secret documents? They send you a subpoena and you ignore it. What the fuck do you think is going to happen? He told Fox News Digital that his supporters had every right to be angry at law enforcement officials. Oh, there he goes again, inciting violence. I granted that's very vague, but you know where he's headed with this. And we know he's headed this way because his next statement, he says, the country is in a very dangerous position, Trump said. This is a tremendous anger like I've never seen before over all the scams and this new one, years of scams and witch hunts, and now this. The idiots that follow me should be mad. They should be angry. They should be fighting mad. That's just me adding that, suggesting what he's thinking when he's saying this. 
Law enforcement officials have seen an explosion of violent threats since the search, and a Trump supporter was shot and killed by police in Ohio after attacking an FBI field office in Cincinnati, but the former president offered to help cool their anger while justifying those passions and sending what he sounded like a warning or a threat. I talked about this before on the podcast. I said, you're not going to see large crowds of Trumplicans going out and starting violent protests, riots, attacks. You're not going to see that because they're not in the same position. They don't have Donald Trump to protect them. If they go at the FBI office like this one guy did, and there was actually some protesters out at uh, uh, Phoenix FBI office. They were out there with their guns and being all tough and shit. But you know what they did? They didn't do anything. Because they know if they did something, it's going to be a lot different response than what they saw at the Capitol. You go up against a FBI building with a group of people, maybe 100, maybe 500 people. Those FBI agents are going to come out of that with weapons, and they're going to take down the threat. And when I say take it down, they're going to be using those weapons, and it's not going to be pretty. They know this. That's why you'll get a, a, a various crazy doing something like this guy did in Ohio or the guy at the U.S. Capitol where he ran into the barrier. You'll see those crazy fucks that just don't know any better. They're just stupid. But you're not going to see the large groups as much as the media wants you to believe you are. Trump goes on to say, people are so angry at what he's what is taking place. Whatever we can do to help, because the temperature has to be brought down in this country. If it isn't, terrible things are going to happen. That's an interesting statement from a narcissist. He wants to help. He wants to calm the violence in this country. In spite of the fact he's the one that uh, incited the violence against the Capitol. Why would he do that? Well, because he's fucking cornered. He needs to kind of rehabilitate himself and make himself look better. But that's not going to work. The people of this country are not going to stand for another scam, he added. Trump said he hadn't heard whether the Department of Justice had accepted his offer to help, but he then suggested the FBI agents had planted evidence during the search and called the investigation a politically motivated hoax. See, this is where the ignorance of Donald Trump comes out. He goes out, lies about the FBI, tears the FBI down, insults them, threatens them. And now he says, hey, you know, can I help you out? (laughs) It's like Donald Trump has multiple personalities, and I wouldn't be surprised. He's got all kinds of neurosis and psychosis and shit, and he might be multiple personalities. Trump said, I've never seen anything like this. It's a very dangerous time for our country. I will do whatever I can help the country. Years of fake witch hunts and phony Russia, Russia, Russia schemes and scams. He added, nothing happens to those people who perpetuate that. Nothing happens with them. Add then they break into a president's house, a sneak attack, where it was totally, no one ever thought a thing like this would happen. You see, in this whole thing, he's fucking lying. First of all, Russia, 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 collusion and a connection to Russia. That wasn't a hoax. That was true. The only reason nothing happened to him was because he was president of the United States and he was protected. The sneak attack, we already talked about it. It wasn't a sneak attack. If he didn't expect it, he's a fucking idiot. We know that uh, they gave them some, some heads up before they came. Now, Donald Trump wasn't there, but his lawyers were, his Secret Service were, so they knew what happened. And the fact of the matter is, over and above the notice they were given, we know somebody in that building, somebody in that house, is an informant. The main reason the FBI went into that house is because the informant told them about documents and where they were. So, Donald Trump is full of shit. He's always been full of shit. The idea that he wants to help the FBI and cool the uh, intensity in this country, that's absolute bullshit. What he wants is his people to fight for him, especially now. He's cornered now. 
He can't bullshit the law. He can't gaslight. He can't bully his way through it anymore. And this is where narcissists always get. They get to the point where what they do, what they know, no longer works. So then they get desperate. They get anxious. They get scared. And then they start pulling everything out of their ass. The FBI is a bunch of crooks, but I'd love to help you. Attack the Capitol, but I want to bring down the heat. You see how it's very contradictory? That's what happens. They'll say one thing, that doesn't work. They'll say something else, that doesn't work. They'll make up something else. This is what they do. They don't even think about the fact that by contradicting themselves, they lose credibility. They think they're so smart, so articulate, and so so uh, uh, persuasive that they can say virtually every anything. And if you don't accept one thing, they can stop, turn on a dime, go 180, and do something else. And they don't even realize that you're thinking of that. They can't possibly imagine that you would not believe what they say. So <clears throat> this search warrant took place about a week ago at Trump's Mar-a-Lago home. Attorney General Merrick Garland gave a statement the day after and made it clear that the search warrant issued was signed off by him personally. According to the Wall Street Journal, however, Garland deliberated over that decision for weeks, citing people familiar with his caution. He's both extremely careful and he understands the critical role of the attorney general in these circumstances. Now, the former deputy attorney general, Jamie Gorlick, who was Garland's boss in the 1990s, he appreciates the context in which this is occurring. I don't think he considers politics at all, but I do think he recognizes the seriousness of the actions against the former president, excuse me, Gorlick said. Now, the decision had been the subject for weeks of meetings between senior Justice Department and FBI officials. The journal said, citing these sources, the warrant allowed agents last Monday to seize classified information and other presidential material from Mar-a-Lago. Garland's speech also addressed the attacks that Trump supporters have made on law enforcement and state FBI offices around the country. They've also hunted down any possible agent affiliated with the Trump search, their families, as well as the judge who signed off on the warrant. Those attacks aren't likely to stop anytime soon, despite Trump's request for law enforcement to tell them, what can I do to reduce the heat? There is nothing Donald Trump can do to reduce the heat. And you are going to see these things online, these threats, these doxing attempts. But that's all they can really do. They don't have the power. They don't have the strength. They don't have the uh, know-how to do anything further than that. But that's what bullies and narcissists do. The strongest thing they can do is make threats or try to bully you. It's when people hit back that's when they fold up and die. And that's what these people will do. They won't do anything. Yes, we will get a crazy fuck every so often that does something crazy. But like I say, it'll be one or two guys. And that's what we've seen in D.C. and um, and in Ohio. We saw a group of Trump fucks down in Phoenix, all tough guys and guns in hand. But what did they do? Nothing. They didn't do anything because they didn't have the courage. They were trying their bullying tactics by standing there looking strong. Oh, we should be afraid of them. But they didn't do one fucking thing because you know why? They knew they were going to lose. And bullies never wade into anything where they know they're going to lose. The next step for Garland will depend on the evidence uncovered and whether a case can be made against the former president for breaking the law. As I said, you know, people talking about the passports or these new entries on the docket, they think that is a sure signal. It's not necessarily a signal. It could be, but we don't know. So to suggest that it is, is getting a little ahead of ourselves. 
The DOJ submitted a court filing on Monday responding to calls for them to release the affidavit describing the methodology behind the search warrant. According to the department's attorneys, doing so would require so much redaction that it would make the document unreadable. Publication without the redaction would reveal key pieces of the information, including informants that can't be public. Republicans and Democrats have sought information from the DOJ as well as other agencies asking for the details in the search warrant. See, here's the thing. As soon as the search warrant was uh, executed, you heard all the Republicans say, oh, we want to see it. We want to see it. Because I don't think they thought thought that... Uh, Mayor Garland would actually do that. They're trying to try to read him a little bit. He would never do that. So we'll act like we want it. And then when he doesn't turn it over, it'll make him look bad. That's how these fucks think. But Mayor Garland played them. He said, sure, we'll release it. And what happened? As soon as they released it, it did not go well for the Republicans. The last thing the Republicans wanted to happen is to release that search warrant because they look worse. The whole situation is far worse than what it was before they released the search warrant. So now they're talking about the affidavit. We want to see the affidavit because they know Mayor Garland isn't going to release it. Most times they don't release it because it gives us more specifics about why they went to do the search, what they were looking for, who helped them inside the house, and gives you all the information to the investigation. Well, you can't do that because if you do that, it's going to hurt the investigation and ultimately a prosecution. They aren't going to do that. But let me tell you something. If Merrick Garland played them on this one, called their bluff and said, okay, I'll show it to you. That is the last thing the Republicans want to see because it will make them look very bad. It will narrow down exactly what's going on right now. Right at this point, everybody's kind of working on speculation as to what is in those documents. How dangerous are those documents? This would lay it out pretty specifically. And if they did that, that would make the Republicans and Donald Trump look very bad. They don't really want that. They know that Merrick Garland isn't going to release it. So they start demanding it. And then when nobody releases the affidavit, then they say, see, it's no big deal. See, it's not a thing. They're afraid to do it. No, dumb fuck. Nobody would do it. It makes no sense. Why would you destroy an investigation that's gone on, it sounds like now, for years, let alone months? Why would they do that? Merrick Garland is very meticulous, very methodical in what he does. He's a smart man, and we're seeing it now. For as much as people went off and said, oh, Merrick Garland's not doing anything, we're finding out that he's done a fucking lot. And you can bet what we know now is just a small portion of what he's done. I'm convinced that what's ever in those documents, Merrick Garland, of course, knows what that is. There is far more to this than we know. I mean, what we've heard to this point is pretty damning. It is illegal and could put Donald Trump in jail. But I think that we're going to see much more when more information comes out. For example, I think Merrick Garland called out for a damage assessment investigation. And what they mean by that is, has Donald Trump done something with these already? Has this already been released? Now, of course, the media in Russia says, oh, yeah, we got all that stuff. But again, Russia, you can't fucking believe a soul in Russia. Anybody connected to Putin, you can't believe him any more than you can believe Donald Trump. But at the same time, you have to understand, he's had these documents for going on 19 months. To think that Donald Trump hasn't done something with those documents to benefit them from them in some way, whether it be financially or leverage or just showing off, which is distinctly possible with Donald Trump, uh, is crazy. Donald Trump is a fucking child. Donald Trump is all about immediate gratification. 
That's why he pulls shit out of his ass and says the things he says because he wants a reaction. And he doesn't even think about it. So with these sitting in Mar-a-Lago for 19 months, the idea that he hasn't done anything with them or compromised uh, this country, I don't know. Now, here's another story that's come up. And the story I'm hearing, again, I don't have verification on this. There's a lot of shit flying around the Internet right now. But there is a story that apparently Rand Paul went to Russia. Okay? And I think this really happened. He did go to Russia, and he did meet with Putin. Because, yeah, that's who they love is Vladimir Putin. But the story goes that apparently Donald Trump gave a note or some document to Rand Paul, who then delivered it directly to Vladimir Putin. Is that possible? Absolutely, it's fucking possible. There are two more, two, there are no two more crooked people than Rand Paul and Donald Trump. And Rand Paul is an absolute sycophant, ass-kissing piece of shit who loves Donald Trump. And he hates this country. And he hates democracy. So, is that possible he did that? Certainly. We don't know what it was, if he did it. And I can't honestly say that we know for sure that that's went down. Went down. See, when it comes to conspiracy theories or bullshit or gossip or all that kind of stuff, it's not just the Republicans. And this is what annoys me. It's also the Democrats. They latch on to something and they say, oh, that sounds juicy. Let's use that. Let's talk like that's real. Like the idea of Donald Trump burying documents in his ex-wife's grave. I know that sounds sexy, but if you look at it and you think about it, logically it makes no fucking sense. Why would he take documents that he perceives valuable to him and put them in a place that he can't access? People say, well, you could dig it up. Yeah, you know what? If if a media gets wind of him digging up his ex-wife's grave, that's going to make news. Why would you do that? And if you were going to do it to hide documents, why wouldn't you put them all in there? then you wouldn't be under investigation right now. So, I mean, you told them they weren't there. Logically, you would try to hide them. And you would have to know that if you refuse to answer their requests, they're going to come looking for it. Now, if you buried all the documents in Ivana's grave, that'd be cool because they couldn't find them on your property. They'd be fucked. But that isn't what Donald Trump did. And I don't think that he buried again anything in Ivana's grave. He didn't give her much of a grave, to be honest with you. It looks like a pauper's grave for somebody who was once married to a quasi-billionaire. But that that's neither here nor there. My point is, is that one of the biggest problems we have in this country, people will hear noise. They will latch on to that noise, and then they will parrot said noise. And it's not just the Republicans. It's mostly the Republicans, but it's also the Democrats. We're in a fight here. We have to be serious and we have to be sure. We can't just make shit up. Even if you're right on track with what you're supposing, it's still supposition. So you've got to know what the facts are before you start spewing this shit. And there is a lot of spewing of shit going on from both sides. This is where Merrick Garland really earns his stripes because he's not that guy. He's the kind of guy that looks at the facts, is very methodical, very meticulous about what he does, and it really needs to be done that way. I mean, the idea of indicting a former president is unprecedented, which is an overused word these days, but you have to be really careful. The last thing that uh, Merrick Garland wants to do is be fucking embarrassed by screwing up an investigation and a potential prosecution. So, as you hear these bits of rumors and gossip, take them with a grain of salt. Just because it's on TV, on TikTok, on the Internet doesn't mean it's real. And it's not bad if it's not real, because whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And we're seeing it happen real time. Focus on the facts. Focus on what makes sense to you logically. And listen to people who will give you the facts as opposed to the people that will just give you the sexy gossip that everybody loves. All right, we are going to take a break 
and we will be right back. Yesterday was especially bad day for the likes of Rudy Giuliani and Lindsey Graham. A federal judge on Monday rejected Senator Lindsey Graham's attempt to evade testifying before a special grand jury as part of a criminal investigation into Donald Trump's effort to overturn the 2020 election loss in Georgia. Now, <laughs> Lindsey's been fighting this tooth and nail. He does not want to go testify, and he doesn't think he should have to. Well, there's where he's wrong, and there's where the judge said, no, bitch, you're going. Put on your best prom dress and get down to fucking Georgia, because you got to talk. Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis requested the special grand jury back in January to assist her in her investigation. The panel issued the subpoena to Graham, a South Carolina Republican, last month, and he's been trying to get out of it ever since, as I, as I said Now, he's argued his post-election telephone calls to Georgia's Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, and he was reportedly about striking so-called fraudulent pro-Biden votes from the official count, was part of his job as a senator. For the reason his lawyers argued, he should be able to skirt the subpoena. Let me see here. You're a senator from South Carolina, and granted, South Carolina is right next to Georgia. But what interest does a South Carolina senator have with an election in Georgia? You see where the judge is having problems here. U.S. District Judge Leigh Martin may in Atlanta strongly disagreed. The court finds that there are considerable areas of potential grand jury inquiry falling outside the speech or debate clause protections, May said, citing the constitutional protections for lawmakers conducting their official duties. They do have some protection, but not in this case. May also said sovereign immunity, a doctrine that protects the government from civil and criminal lawsuits, does not shield Graham from having to testify. Though Senator Graham argues that he is exempt from testifying as a high-ranking government official, May said, the court finds that the district attorney has shown extraordinary circumstances and a special need for Senator Graham's testimony on issues relating to the alleged attempts to influence or disrupt the lawful administration of Georgia's 2022 elections. You see, Lindsey Graham is one of these guys that would say, nobody's above the law, especially if they're fucking Democrats. But here he's saying, but I'm above the law because I'm Lindsey Graham. I'm a senator. I have a high rank in government in the United States. And again, the, the judge said, yeah, no, you don't. May said Graham can try to argue particular lines of questioning are protected under the speech and debate clause, but he can't quash the case completely on those grounds. That makes two judges now who have torpedoed Graham's efforts to avoid offering testimony. Now, he's scheduled to testify in August of August 23rd. I suppose he could take it to the Supreme Court, but precedent isn't going to let him win. Graham is learning the pitfalls of being a Trump loyalist. Attaching yourself to Trump's hip may earn you currency among conservatives, but doing so may very well lead you to engage in nefarious activity. And outside the conservative movement, that is still considered a bad thing. Graham's been in on the MAGA grift for several years now, but his testimony in the Fulton County case will be the closest he's come to facing accountability. What Lindsay has to be more concerned about, other than testifying, is that we know that Lindsey Graham called Brad Raffensperger at least twice to try to do the same thing that Donald Trump did. Fonnie Willis's uh, Trump probe arguably poses the greatest threat to the former president uh, in both a criminal and civil case. That's because there are mountains of evidence we already know about pointing to the potential criminal scheme to intimidate the election. The evidence, of course, includes the audio of Trump pressuring Raffensperger to find enough votes to declare him the winner in Georgia. Graham's testimony will most likely add to a heap of details potentially implicating Trump 
world figures, if not himself, and that's what he fears most. He has to go in under oath and tell the truth for fucking once. He hasn't told the truth in the last six years. But now he's going to have to tell the truth. If he doesn't tell the truth, and you can bet Fonnie Willis has the proof, well, then he potentially goes to jail for perjury. Now, several people have told congressional investigators about Trump and his lawyer Rudy Giuliani pressuring and antagonizing Georgia officials to overturn the 2020 election. Trump, however, was told by several of his administrative officials, including Attorney General Barr at the time, that there was no evidence of widespread voter fraud. It's not like he didn't know. He was told by the experts, you know, all the best people that he hires. Prosecutors told Giuliani's legal team. Now, here's here's the zinger for Giuliani. Giuliani's supposed to talk on Wednesday. And what he was going to say on Wednesday, that's tomorrow, um, may have changed a little bit. <laughs> Prosecutors told Giuliani's legal team on Monday that he is a target of the Willis investigation. Like Graham, Giuliani has tried and failed to wiggle his way out of a subpoena to testify in this case. He's ordered last week to testify in person tomorrow on Wednesday. So what does that mean by saying he's a target? Well, that means he's probably a short time away from an indictment. He is one of the people that they are looking at as a defendant. And in order to be a defendant, he's going to have to be indicted. And apparently... Uh, Rudy Giuliani is a target. So now when he testifies, it's conceivable that he'll plead the fifth on everything. But that doesn't matter because the evidence is already there to indict him. He could say, to be perfectly honest, if I was Rudy Giuliani, I would think about talking if I thought I was smart to do something to protect myself. If I just plead the fifth, it's like saying, yep, I'm guilty. Go ahead, do what you're going to do. He's caught in a tight spot. He is fucked. Now, what you need to understand is just because Rudy Giuliani is a target in Georgia doesn't mean he's the only target. Lindsey Graham could be a target. Most certainly Donald Trump is a target because you got the audio tape. And if Rudy Giuliani gets indicted, watch Lindsey Graham and Donald Trump lose their shit because you know why? They know they're next. They are just as guilty, just as culpable as Rudy Giuliani in this situation in Georgia. That is heating up. Like I've told you before, all you need is one indictment. Everybody's been really focused on the documents in Mar-a-Lago and all that stuff. Don't sleep on Georgia or Fonnie Willis. Because Fonnie Willis is a bulldog when it comes to this shit. She's got it out to set this all right. She's not happy the fact that they tried to intimidate the Secretary of State. And she's going to run this up the flagpole and run it right up their ass. I guarantee you. It isn't a matter of who's going to indict Donald Trump. It's who's going to be first. Is it going to be Fonnie Willis in Georgia? For the longest time, we thought that might be the case. But now this revelation of him having all these top-secret documents, it could be the DOJ. Either way, he's fucked. Now, former President Trump is also bracing for one of the biggest political wins since leaving the White House. That, of course, is ousting Representative Liz Cheney. Now, Liz Cheney has her primary today. It's going on right now. And if you look at the polls, she's being beaten by her opponent by about 29%, at least last time I saw it. Now, this woman who is going up against Liz Cheney is a fucking Trumplican nutcase. She's a big lie freak. You know, she's all of this stuff. And it doesn't look like Cheney is going to win this, at least based on the polls. Now, here's the problem. Is that how it's going to go down? 
because there's been been some changes in the polls since the revelation that Donald Trump may be doing some traitorous shit. I still think she's probably going to lose in that primary. It's just too much of a separation, but don't cry for Liz Cheney. She's got plenty on her plate. I told Ed when we did the podcast, I think what Cheney's looking at doing, assuming she loses the primary and is no longer the representative from Wyoming, the single and only representative from Wyoming when it comes to January 20th, whoever gets elected, presuming it's this nutcase, and I don't even know that that's a given because of all that will come out between now and November about Republicans. But she understands that the Republican Party is split. It's divided, which is good news for the Democrats. Also good news for Liz Cheney. There are going to be the crazies, the nutcases, the Trumplefucks. They are going to be part of the Republican Party, even though they bear no resemblance to the Republican Party of old. But there is going to be some Republicans that try to bring things back to normal, have a uh, reasonable mind, if you will. And what's going to happen is Liz Cheney is going to try to help form that group with a reasonable mind, and she will be the leader. And theoretically, she could end up running for president in 2024. Now, there are a lot of Democrats that love Liz Cheney because she has some integrity and she's standing up to Donald Trump. Here's what I'm going to tell you, Democrats. You need to look into this. I do respect Liz Cheney for having some integrity, but she's also against Roe v. Wade. She's probably against gay marriage. She is a very stringent conservative. And if you're a Democrat, you're not going to like that. You may be happy that she's fighting against Donald Trump with you, but she's not who you want to vote for. Now, Cheney is one of the few House Republicans who voted last year to impeach Trump. And that appears one of the reasons why she's headed for defeat against Trump-endorsed Harriet Hageman in one of the most highly anticipated primary contests of the year. This is the big one. This is the one that's going to uh, make Donnie feel good and make the Republicans feel vindicated if she's voted out. I said this when I was talking to uh, Ed. I said, yeah, be careful what you're asking for because Liz Cheney is the spawn of Satan, Dick Cheney. If you don't remember Dick Cheney, you should look into it because that motherfucker was bad news. He was a warmonger. He was a freak. And she isn't too far off of him. So now she goes into this primary and say she loses. Republicans think they won that one. Donald Trump thinks it's great that uh, his endorsee won. But guess what? Now you've got Liz Cheney released, unleashed. She's got nobody to appease. She's got nothing to lose. We know she has a mean streak in her, to say the least. She's on the January 6th committee. She's the co-chair. But once she has no election to try to win and she knows she's going to be out of office on January 20th of 2023, what's holding her back? She is going to cut loose. She is going to be the Republicans' worst fucking nightmare. Now, on the surface, Cheney's position isn't unique, entirely unique. Most of the 10 Republicans who voted for Trump's impeachment have lost their renominations this year or opted against running for re-election altogether. But the race carries symbolic value for Trump and his relentless effort to purge the GOP of one of the most ardent conservative critics. You don't like me, we're going to get you gone. God help you if you do. More than anyone, he wants Cheney gone. One former Trump aide said, I think with him, politics is always personal. But the Cheney thing, I think he sees that as even being more important because she just didn't vote. She she didn't just vote to impeach him, right? She tried to destroy him. 
I mean, she's on the January 6th committee. Trump has even maintained an allegiance with Conservative Club for, of, for Growth, a key player in GOP primaries that is also backing Hageman, despite breaking with the group over its involvement in the Republican nominating contest, including the Senate primary in Ohio. I think he's certainly been more involved than he has in a lot of the other primaries, the source said. The most recent polling in Wyoming race looks bleak for Cheney, a survey conducted early last month. Uh, Mason-Dixon polling and strategy for the Casper Star Tribune found Hageman with a 22-point lead. I saw one yesterday where she had a 29-point lead. So this is probably going to go well for Liz Cheney. But again, don't, don't feel sorry for her. She's going to be fine. She's uh, going to hit the Republicans. It's going to be like old Chris Farley. She's going to hit the Republicans so hard, it'll be like Farley saying, oh, that's going to leave a mark. Oh, she'll leave a mark all right. There's no fucking question about that. Now, we were talking about the affidavit with Donald Trump's search and how the Republicans want it. As I've stated before, Republicans don't want that released. That is uh, going to be absolute hell for them if they were to release it. And I think they're safe because Merrick Garland's just not going to release it. Everything about that affidavit would spell out everything, every crime and every reason why they're looking into Donald Trump. And they don't want that. They know it's not going to come out. They know Merrick Garland isn't going to put it out. So they're going to demand it. And when it doesn't get released, they're going to say, oh, see, they're hiding something. Now, I saw an interesting interview. There was a gentleman by the name of Brandon Van Grack. He was on with Rachel Maddow. She's on just Mondays now to discuss the pieces of the new scandal involving Donald Trump and the classified documents. Van Grack was the Justice Department lawyer who helped with the special counsel Robert Mueller's efforts, as well as the lawyer who prosecuted Michael Flynn before withdrawing in early 2020. Among the things he explained to Maddow was that so many things at issue in this case of Trump's documents is a lot of noise and deflection. First, there's the matter of the passport. While it might be tempting to highlight Trump's claims, it isn't important. Now, when I told you what I told you in the beginning, this is where I got that from. Because here's a guy that's very smart, has nothing to gain either way, doesn't seem to be Republican or Democrat, but he's a smart lawyer. And to be perfectly honest, I'd never given it a thought. I thought, oh man, they took his passport. That's got to tell us something. But he pointed out that it really didn't. He said, it's really important that we're not distracted by the cacophony and really focus on the important information. And that goes to his earlier point. He said, just based on what we know, there are significant national security implications. But with respect to the passport, if that was in fact true, if there were multiple passports for former president taken, there's really not much to read in that. It is unlikely that the Department of Justice is signaling that the former president is a flight risk. It is unlikely that the Department of Justice is signaling that criminal charges are imminent. He explained that it's more likely that it was just a response to the search warrant. You see what he's doing. He's talking like a fucking lawyer. That's what they do. You don't give up anything. You don't say anything out of school. Now, as much as he said that, it doesn't mean there isn't an indictment coming. It doesn't mean that they aren't concerned with him being a flight risk. I personally don't see him as a flight risk. Where is he going to go? The one plane that can get him anywhere, the big jet that he owns, isn't even running. It was in mothballs while he was in office. Uh, The engine is torn apart. He can't get that running. He's got probably got access to smaller planes, but that's not taking him anywhere. And if he does go someplace, it's not like he's going to hide. He's a former president. Everybody will know what the issue is. 
Now, on the Maddow Show, Maddow went on to ask if the former president is in trouble if he turns out he mishandled the documents and put national security at risk. She also wondered if the public would witness the DOJ call Trump, uh, DOJ call Trump in for questioning. He went on to say, so the reality is, if he is the target of the investigation, there isn't going to be an interview. They aren't going to call him in if he's a target. So that's something to watch. And we do not know from the information that you discussed at the top of the hour that there is any, there is discussion in the government's recent filings in terms of the decision not to unseal the affidavit that were that there were witnesses who were cooperating with the investigation. Specifically says that that's a basis for not unsealing the affidavit. So there are certainly people in the orbit that would have information that would be relevant to understanding the intent and the motive. See, if they release the affidavit, that would expose who the informant was. And that would be a problem, don't you think? So... What this lawyer said isn't what we want to hear because it's not sexy, it's not dramatic, it's not that thing. He's talking like a lawyer. He said, just slow the fuck down, watch what happens, and don't make any judgments, guesses, or use your perception to think what may be happening. Because again, like I said at the top of the show, we don't fucking know. We don't know. This is something I've said all along. When it comes to this sort of thing, we've got to learn to be patient. It will all come. It will all happen. But it will come in due time. Not in our time. We don't get to say, we want to know now. We want to know now. And that's unfortunate that a lot of people do that. And then they'll say, if it doesn't come in the time frame I want, I'm going to pout and I'm going to say it's not going to happen. People have been saying that for a long time. Well, now those people are pretty quiet right now because shit is happening. So don't start it all up again and say, well, if it doesn't happen as fast as I want, then it's not going to happen. Fuck you. Let's grow up here. Let's be adults. Let's be patient. Nothing comes as fast as you want it. Here's an interesting story, and this is another problematic story, and it kind of gets buried because of all the other shit going on, but this is a problem. Donald Trump's lawyers directed computer experts to copy sensitive data from Georgia election systems as part of a broad and well-organized effort to access voting equipment in multiple states. This is in Georgia, the place where Fonnie Willis is looking into this. This is a little tip of what's going on. Emails and other records obtained by the Washington Post show lawmakers asked the forensic da- ask the forensic data firm Atlanta-based Sullivan Stickler to access election systems in at least three key states and attorneys for voting security activists and Georgia voters said the documents confirmed the state's election system had been coffee. The breach is way beyond what we thought, said the attorney David Cross, who is representing the plaintiffs. The scope of it is mind-blowing. The document shows attorney Sidney Powell dispatched a team to Michigan to copy rural counties' election data and then helped to arrange for them to do that in the Detroit area. And a Trump campaign attorney sent the team to Nevada. And Sullivan Stickler experts copied data from a Dominion voting machine in Coffee County, Georgia, on January 7th. Well, now that's interesting. A criminal investigation is underway in Michigan against several individuals who names appear in the newly revealed documents, and Mesa County Clerk Tina Peters is under indictment in Colorado on felony charges, including conspiracy to commit criminal impersonation and attempting to influence a public servant. Now, Sullivan Stickler was permitted by courts to examine voting equipment in at least two counties, although details about those efforts have not yet been made public, and the new documents show Powell's group discussed and paid for election systems data, and the plaintiffs intend to provide those records to the FBI and the state and local election officials. Well, that's interesting. Wasn't it uh, the Republicans who who suggested the Democrats were somehow accessing the voting machines and changing things so Biden won? 
Again, it's all about projection. They're complaining about this, and they know something is being done, but what they don't bother to tell us is, oh, yeah, it's us doing it. This is a pretty serious offense. This isn't going to go by the wayside. I mean, Sidney Powell's got all kinds of fucking problems already. She's being sued uh, by Dominion for $1.6 billion. Uh, She's lost her law license. She's a fucking joke. She was a relatively normal lawyer for a time, but somehow she got caught up in the cult and she is fucking done. She's not going to be a lawyer anymore. But since they have evidence of this happening... Now we're talking about some criminal activity, not only Sidney Powell, but other people who may or may not have been involved in this whole situation. They are not going to let this go. This is too much, too flagrant of a crime. They're going to be going after this very hard, and there will be some indictments, people prosecuting, people going to jail for this. As I've told you before, the targets on most of these things is Donald Trump, maybe Lindsey, maybe Rudy Giuliani, but everything's kind of focused at Donald Trump. A lot of shit is going to rain down on Donald Trump, but there's also a lot of people that help Donald Trump in this process, whether it be during the January 6th uh, insurrection, whether it be the fake electors, whether trying to be overturning uh, the, the, the election in Georgia or Michigan or Arizona, wherever the fuck it is. There's a lot of people that ponied up and sat next to Donald Trump and did his bidding. These people are in for a rude awakening because they're going to go in their minds from being patriots trying to save this country to sitting in fucking jail. And these people will go to jail. Donald Trump, we don't know what's going to happen there. Lindsey Graham, Rudy Giuliani, they could very well go to jail more so than Donald Trump because of who Donald Trump is. But these fucks that are nobodies, that are underlings, they're going to fucking jail. They pick the wrong side, and they are going to pay for it with some time in fucking jail. And speaking of that, I want to mention one thing before we wrap things up. In New York, in the Manhattan District, well, no, no, it's actually not in the Manhattan District. It's Attorney General Letitia James. No, no, wait, I'm wrong again. I'm mixing these two things up because there's a civil um, a civil suit with Letitia James, but with D.A. Bragg up in the Manhattan district, there is two criminal investigations, and uh, that happens to be with uh, CFO for the Trump Organization, uh, Weisselbaum or Weisselberg. Um, we are finding out now that he's going to court in October. We know that he was indicted as well as the Trump organization overall was indicted, but we know that Weisselberg is going to court as much as he tried to stay out, tried to get it dismissed. He couldn't do it. He's going to court in October. However, there's something I said during the podcast. I said, Now that Weisselberg is getting ready to knock on the door of a jail cell, if he's ever going to flip, now is the time. I think everybody's surprised that he hasn't already flipped. But now it's not cutting time. He is going to go to jail. And uh, he was indicted. And now there's talk that he's going to plead guilty. That's weird. Why would you plead guilty? Well, if you're cutting a deal. And if you're cutting a deal and you're the CFO of the Trump organization, what could you possibly offer them to get you a better deal, to get you less time in prison? I mean, he's 78 years old. He gets 10 years. It's fucking life sentence. So he needs to do something. He's toughed it out this long, but apparently he's looking at this differently and he realizes he needs to do something. So over the next day or two, maybe today, maybe tomorrow or whenever, maybe Friday, Alan Weisselberg, it sounds like, is going to plead guilty. And he'll probably get a little jail time, maybe not that much, you know, six months, something like that. That's what he'll probably get. But in order to get that consideration, he's going to have to give him something. 
And honestly, the only thing he has to give up is Donald fucking Trump. This is what's going to happen. People are going to be brought to the edge of having to pay a price themselves. And then they won't be strong anymore. Then they will start to give up information because the idea of sitting in jail for five years, 10 years, whatever, is a problematic. And those people in a position to offer up some information to get a little taken off of their punishment, you can bet they're going to fucking do it, especially since they see Donald Trump spiraling out of control and ultimately crashing. Why would they risk their own situation in something that's going down in flames anyways. That would be stupid. And you can bet Weisselberg is thinking about this. So it's going to be interesting to see if, in fact, he does plead guilty and then what comes out of that. Because if he pleads guilty and he gives something up, that criminal investigation that's been kind of set on the back burner up in the Manhattan district, oh, that's going to heat up again. Bragg is going to pick that up and it's going to heat up again. So that'll be something interesting to watch for and we will do that. All right. We're going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast for yet another day. I want to thank you for the time you take to uh, listen to the show. Feel free to send emails with questions, comments, or complaints. They go to rationalboomer at gmail.com. If you want to be on the show, a listener on the show. We know how great those turn out. So if you want to be one of those folks, email me. Let me know, and we will set it up. I got some good news, too. You may remember a listener that was on the show, Fred. Very bright guy. I think he's in the Midwest here. Uh, very bright guy. I had some people ask about him coming back on the show, so I reached out to him, and he's coming back on the show. I think we're recording on Thursday, so that will be interesting when Fred comes on the show. But you're all welcome. All you have to do is send me an email. We'll put you on the show. If you're worried about looking dumb, don't worry about it. I won't let that happen. It'll go well. All you have to do is listen to the other shows where we've had listeners, and they've turned out great. All right, you have a great day, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.